This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Smitty. Okay, let's start with a big day on the museum file, the most expensive museum in Canadian history promised by the B.C. government. We're expecting that long-awaited business case to be released by government this afternoon. Let's listen here quickly to B.C. Culture Minister Melanie Mark. She's the lead on this project. Here she is. We need to protect our province's asset. Across the street from this legislative chamber is our shared history, Honourable Speaker, and our government is not going to take the risk through an earthquake, through floods, to wipe out our collective history. Okay, we're not going to take the risk of our history being wiped out. We need a new museum. Your thoughts? Well, you know, there's a lot riding on today's announcement. One o'clock uh, for Melanie Mark giving the business case for this museum. I don't think they're going to be able to dig themselves out of the hole that they've dug for themselves on this. Uh, the horse has left the barn. This project, this issue has been framed and defined along certain lines that I don't see a what will likely be a somewhat redacted business case. You know, as you know, Mike, when we get business cases before, there's there's a number of sections that are blanked out yeah. uh, for proprietary reasons that leads leads to accusations of secrecy and, and what are you hiding that sort of thing. So that's likely to be part of today's announcement as well. Uh, one of the what this has done is magnified an, uh, an issue. It's it's hard for governments right now to fund cultural projects at a time when other so many other areas are crying out for funding. Whether it's uh, yeah. uh, healthcare, whether it's uh, earthquake proofing schools and such. Unfortunately, for, or for better or worse, culture ranks below a lot of other areas when it comes to the expenditure of uh, public tax dollars, and we're seeing this uh, magnified big time here because the, the the bill here is so much more expensive than a lot of other cultural projects. One billion dollars. You don't see that floating around culture items very often. I wonder if they will stick to the timeline here of closing the museum in September just 16 weeks from now and then not starting construction for four years and a completion date like eight years out. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's sort of written in stone or could that change? I think that could change. I think there's a lot of people taken aback. Even though, even people who supported the idea of replacing the museum, notably the business community and the tourism community in Victoria, I think, well, they publicly said they're taken aback by this staggeringly long timeline. Eight years without a museum, four years before construction even begins. That has not been explained. Hopefully the business case sheds some light on that, but I think that might be sort of an elastic timeline rather than uh, an entrenched one or etched in stone. Okay, we'll see what comes out this afternoon. One o'clock is when that business case will be released. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in town yesterday, uh, appearing with Premier John Horgan, and he announced $15 million for the Invictus Games coming to Vancouver. Here's Trudeau yesterday. This will be the second time Canada has been chosen as the host for the Games. But for the first time ever, and classically Canadian, these Games will include winter sports our canadian competitors will show them how it's done okay 15 million bucks peanuts no problem 
fifteen million dollars. It goes from talking about a billion dollars for a museum yeah. to fifteen million dollars for the Invictus Games. I have yeah. to say though, I just read uh, on the wire uh, an ugly incident that occurred uh, regarding the Trudeau visit last night in Surrey. He basically had to uh, not attend a fundraiser as really ugly protest outside a largely South Asian fundraising event in Surrey. According to speakers, they're hurled racial slurs and protests against Trudeau. So he's been dogged by some pretty ugly protests from time to time. This is the fairly right-wing group who carry signs that say, hang Trudeau or uh, such things as that. So an ugly incident, again, troubling situation that occurred last night in Surrey. Yeah, and Trudeau had to, I ended up, I think he uh, addressed that group by a Zoom call instead. Zoom call, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he he didn't have uh, security determined that he could not safely go there because of this ugly protest outside. Yeah, terrible. The okay, let's talk about the tragic, unbelievable the police or the uh, school shooting in the United States. I mean, this is just gut wrenching. Uh, Nineteen children, two teachers killed in a shooting at an elementary school in Texas. Unbelievable! It's happened again. I don't know. Maybe it's not that unbelievable. No. Steve Kerr, listen to Steve Kerr here, NBA coach. So he's the coach of the Golden State Warriors in the NBA playoffs and got emotional at a news conference yesterday. Let's have a listen to him. I'll get your thoughts. Children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. Okay, as NBA coach Steve Kerr calling out Republican senators on back enhanced background checks for firearms. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, that, his emotional uh, news conference followed U.S. President Joe Biden's televised address last night where he said, you know, for God's sakes, it's time to take on the gun lobby in uh, the U.S. But that's been said before, and there's no evidence that these tragedies are changing much down there. You know, I wake up this morning, so unfortunately I find myself on the recipient of fairly right-wing U.S. political newsletters or news releases. Uh, They seem to have every uh, media reporter's email address, and there's a number of them who have taken this opportunity to to further argue that they need even weaker gun laws to allow more people to be armed. That this is the only way to stop this, is to put everyone with guns in the classroom to prevent shooters. It's just an absurd notion, but again, it just shows you that the debate isn't really changing south of the border, even though these tragedies continue to occur. And the bill that he referred to, by the way, H.R. 8, as it's known, would be an enhanced background check for firearm sales in the United States passed by the House, including some Republican members of the House of Representatives actually voted for this, but stalled in the Senate because you need 60 votes in that Senate in order to in order to advance this. And that's just not going to happen. No, it's not, and there's a chunk of the Republican Party that will never change its position on this. And again, they use these tragedies to further make their arguments that we need they need more guns in the states rather than less to arm yeah. everyone, to make sure everyone can protect themselves against uh, even, this type of incident. 
even though you take a look at some polling in the United States, and if you ask Americans generally about, do you think there should be stricter background checks in order to get a gun? And a majority of Americans will say yeah. yes to that. They will support enhanced background checks. But, you know, the Republic, I believe these Republican senators, are, they're very hesitant to support any kind of enhanced gun control uh, in, in case there's like an internal Republican backlash against them and maybe they yeah. lose their nomination. Exactly, and it's the same type of Republicans who oppose Roe v. Wade, even though, as you say, you know, a majority of Americans support uh, or have pro-choice views. But these Republicans will not support that because they're worried about the backlash within their own party, within their own district or state. And it's, again, that... I've said it before, many people have said it before, the U.S. has never stopped fighting its civil war. It's still a very yeah. entrenched, divided country, and those divisions are becoming more pronounced over time. Real quickly, U.K. Prime Minister Boris Johnson on the receiving end here of a, a brand new report on uh, Partygate. So this is the long-awaited report by Sue Gray that has a, a damning verdict on the parties at 10 Downing Street, uh, criticizes the uh, boozy culture in at, at the Prime Minister's official residence, describing parties, went on to 4 a.m., yeah. uh, drunken staff, vomiting. Uh, here, here, here is Boris Johnson. Let's have a listen. I overwhelmingly feel it is my job to get on and, uh, and, and deliver. And, and, that, and no matter how uh, bitter and painful the conclusions of this may be, and they are, uh, and no matter how humbling they are, I've I, I, I've got to uh, keep moving forward. And the there, there was a time when we thought this could do Boris Johnson yeah. in, but I'm not sure it will now. Your thoughts? No, I don't think it will. Just surfing the UK press this morning, the reaction to the Sue Gray report, a number of Johnson critics have glumly concluded this is not enough for him to be taken out. This has been spread out over uh, such a period of time that it's it's weakened the the impact of the report landing. Uh, but you're right, the, the, the contents are quite colorful. It does refer to staff vomiting, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> constantly consuming Prosecco, having karaoke parties at a time when these restrictions were in place in London, much tougher than we've seen in, in British Columbia, for example, where yeah. literally we're not supposed to gather in these types of social occasions. But And they actually brag about how they were able to break the rules. But again, it doesn't seem right. to, enough, to be enough to bring Bojo down. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right, welcome back. Keith Baldry is my guest. Phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. George in Nanaimo. Hi, George. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning, guys. I wanted to ask about the um, situation in Kamloops with the residential schools. I've been listening all week and for quite a while about it. And so far, all I've heard is that the evidence... Uh, that's been obtained is strictly through the ground-penetrating radar. I'm wondering, is there any actual forensic evidence to prove that there are actual bodies there, or are we relying just on the imaging? Keith? Uh, I'm not uh, familiar with uh, anything other than that, but that is also a form of forensic evidence, uh, ground-penetrating radar. It's a relatively new technology. 
uh, and more money is going to be spent on ground penetrating radar at other sites. So uh, it's just because uh, there's not other evidence on top of that, there's no reason to dismiss what they found there. Yeah, and the reason it was in the news this week was it was the one-year anniversary of the discoveries there at the Kamloops Residential School, um, and there will be a lot more uh, further investigations at that site and many other sites as well. Many other other sites. I mean, no, this is not confined to Kamloops, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and there is a lot of money being committed to it as well. So I, I says that's one is going to continue. James in North Vancouver. Hi, James, go ahead. Good morning. Hey, if they go ahead with a billion-dollar museum and tear it down for four years and it sits empty, when the Liberals get in because the NDP is screwing up everywhere, move the NDP, all of them over there. They can sit in there with <laughs> the desks, and it could be the new Victoria Zoo. Okay, well, let, let's see if we can have a, a rational and uh, intelligent discussion on this for a second. Because one of the things that uh, Todd Stone said to me the other day about the timeline for closing the museum so soon is, is he said maybe they want to get it to the point of no return. Because Kevin Falcon, the new liberal leader, has promised to cancel the whole thing, cancel the whole project. But if they've torn down the museum before the next election, well, it's too late to cancel it, isn't it? But your thoughts, Keith? Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff in the museum that has to be stored or put someplace at some point and open to the public. So, yeah, if the museum is gone before the next election, I'm not sure Kevin Falcon is just going to be able to argue to say, it, and again, assuming he becomes government, which right now they're far behind the NDP in the polls, although this issue alone could change that. Uh, I don't think any government could get away with just storing all those exhibits and artifacts in a warehouse somewhere without anyone ever being allowed to look well, at it. Something would have to be built at some point. Well, they they also said that there was a plan to put some of these artifacts on display around BC, like you know, send them to other communities. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the woolly mammoth would go on the road uh, and be displayed in communities around BC. So you know, there's a technical briefing for the press at 11 o'clock this morning, two hours before the announcement. So this may be, judging by that, this could be a very detailed announcement today on how this is going to work. It could, we'll it could be very detailed, but as we talked about off the top, you and I have seen other uh, business cases presented with a bunch of redactions in it, with a lot of yeah. lines blacked out because of for proprietary or third-party business interests. So we'll see We'll see if these many questions are going to be answered at 11 o'clock. Given the, the, how this thing has evolved, though, Mike, I'm not convinced we're going to get a lot of clarity at 11 this morning. They seem to be making this up as they go along. Let's go back to the phone lines and speak to Ed in Victoria. Hi, Ed. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. Hi, Keith. I, this is a, uh, putting the finger out and checking the wind. I, they're going to look at this over a period of time before they make their ultimate decision, try to determine what the majority of people want, and then they'll come back and say, we listen to the people, this is what we're going to do. Or if they push through and they don't give the public a chance to give their say, it could blow up in their face in the next election, and I think they're not willing to lose an election over this issue. Yeah, I mean, there is a con, thank you for that. There is a consultation process that's going to happen. There is a design phase. It's just kind of weird. They've put a, a precise price tag on it even before that work is done, though. Keith, your exactly. Thoughts? That's a, a very salient point. How do you come up with such a precise dollar figure when you have yet to figure out what's going to replace this thing? There's no artist conception. 
there's not really nothing. There. I mean, they they have said they've had years of of uh, uh, consultations and backdrop uh, background here about trying to replace this thing, but that's all come out after the fact. There's been little evidence that the public's had any uh, buy-in here, any consultation at all. Uh, but how to come up with a precise dollar figure right. when you've got no other details, no other precision is somewhat baffling.